Seinfeld, the maid is over, but we're just getting started here on Seinfeld, the post show recap, a podcast about nothing. And now here are the two guys who don't have a sore throat from doing a podcast at a rodeo. I'm Rob Sisterino. Here's Akiva Winnegar. Keith, how are you? I thought you were say two guys who Kenny Rogers threw out of the back of a van. I mean, we have had Kenny Rogers roasters. You would think that that would have come up where Kenny Rogers opens the chicken store and Jerry would have mentioned about how, like, hey, that's the same guy that threw me out of a van. Right. Or or maybe it happened after. Maybe it happened in, like, the summer before this season or something or before before this episode, like in the in the off weeks of the winter. And then, mm-hmm. like, that's what happened. He, like, told him the story. He insulted the Kenny Rogers restaurant. And that's how he got tossed out of the van, because we never find out why he got tossed out of the van. Oh, yeah. He was talking about that that restaurant's a real POS, and then he uh, got really mad at him. Yep. Maybe he didn't put two and two together. It's just, you know, like, oh, I'm in this car with the, uh, with the main man. Yeah, that red light is really terrible. So here we go, Keeve, talking about the maid. And uh, this is really, we have got this. We got a Puerto Rican Day Parade. We got clips from 100 or clips from the finale and then ultimately the finale. Yep, that's it. Four more to go and I guess plus the Frogger in November. So five five records, five episodes left, but we're really, you know, three weeks away from the finale as we speak today. So very exciting to be this close to the end and uh, a lot to talk about here from The Maid, April 30th, 1998. Keith, you are back from your whirlwind uh, trip around the globe. Uh, how does it feel to be home? It's so great to be home. There's nothing better than coming home from a month-long vacation and finding out your internet is not only not working, but is not going to work for like four more days. What happened? You didn't uh, pay the bill? No, I, everyone asked me that. Um, no, I paid the bill twice just to be safe. Um, no, some wire got unplugged somewhere. I won't, yeah. I won't say who, but maybe I'm married to the person. I don't know. And, um, <laughs> so they needed to come and fix it. It was like no, no, no. I it, it, I thought it was on my end, but it was like in it was on their end that something was wrong. Okay. So they 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 fixed it, but I had to work in my neighbor's like office for a couple of days, and it was a disaster. Here we are, Keith, and then we are also within one month from the Curb Your Enthusiasm premiere. Yeah, there's someone sent us. I didn't. I, I I'm sure you'd heard this story too of the. Uh, a person was on uh, was convicted of was was accused of murder and th- there was a court case and I believe they were liable to get the death penalty even um, or certainly life in prison for murder. And there was not a lot of evidence, uh, you know, like there was not a lot of hope for the for this alleged murderer. And his alibi was that he was at a Dodgers game that night and mm-hmm. they found uh footage not from the episode of curb your enthusiasm where where uh L, where ld takes a uh prostitute to dodger <laughs> stadium just to get just to get uh in the um carpool, the carpool lane. lane um but in like the uh what would you call it the you know like just the extra footage for they you know they had from the episode he's in the background and then he was acquitted because there's proof of him being at the Dodger game at the time where he allegedly murdered the person. But this is an old story, right? This is not something yes, new. But I'm yeah. bringing this up because someone just sent us today. Netflix just released that they are making a documentary about this story, like a curb related documentary, a curb related documentary about just this. Yeah, it's like a making a murder. It's probably like an hour one, <laughs> not like a 10 parter, but it's a crazy it's story. Like 30 for 30. Yeah, more of a 30 for 30, but it is a crazy story. So that's, I guess, our Seinfeld news for the week. And and our curb news. But yeah, I am super excited for curb coming back. I feel like it could be I, I do wonder if they're going to go like the like the Austin Powers three route where it's like focusing a lot on like super celebrity cameos and being like, uh, 
you know, like very self-aware. I, I'm, I don't know why I said Austin Powers. Like a lot of sequels are like this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I think like if they if they go bare bones, I think it's going to be absolutely epic. I hope that in the final season, LD starts a podcast. I feel like that that would really create for a lot of crazy situations. People are coming through the studio in his house. What would his be- podcast be about? It would be great if it was a Seinfeld podcast, but I can't imagine. I think he would just that. talk about stuff. Yeah, maybe like a WTF style, but maybe it's just him complaining most of the time. Yeah, that would be fine. I mean, I wish he just had a podcast as opposed to having a that season would be of great. about that. He's, yeah. he's going to be a guest on a podcast, I think, soon. Um, I think Sounds James right. Miller... Who- who writes all the uh he writes all the like oral histories like the famous one of yes. snl the one of espn yes. so he's i think he's the he's gonna be the first guest on his podcast which is like a deep dive into curb your enthusiasm okay all right sounds good we'll be on the lookout for that all right let's get into the maid and we start off with jerry and george talking at monks now i'd love to know i didn't get the chance to see the inside look if there is one for this episode Jerry is ordering tea with lemon and there's some conversation about what happened to Jerry's voice. Was this part of the plot for the episode or this is really Jerry Seinfeld has a sore throat. They need to work it into the taping of the episode to keep up with their schedule. So there is no inside look. Uh, My guess is that it's they're they're bringing reality into the show, right? That that he did have a sore throat and they're just like using this as an opening. Maybe they didn't love the opening they had. Mm-hmm. Right, because it's a plot point that goes nowhere about nowhere, how nowhere. he was opening at a rodeo. There's another mention of it, but you can hear it at certain points in the episode, especially when Jerry has to talk loud, that you can really hear the strain on his voice in this episode. Uh, yes. And, you know, maybe like a drama or something, it's tricky because the show that maybe films over like a week or 10 days, you could actually like lose your sore throat and, you know, go back to like full throatedness. But uh, mm-hmm. here where I think they're filming everything in one shot, like, uh, yeah, he's just sore the whole time. And it's like, boom, the finale is around the corner. Maybe they had to spend more time on the finale. So they're very much up against the deadline. So the show must go on. George Costanza is tired of being George Costanza. He wants a nickname. He wants to be like Akiva, who has so many different nicknames like Keeve and a uh, wheels Wieneker and uh, greatest American, greatest living American, <laughs> greatest living. Well, I guess American. In like, I guess in in like uh, you know after I'm gone, you could just Keeve Dog, greatest American, Keeve twenty six. I do get called Keeve Dog sometimes. Yeah, so you have a uh, like a whole list of nicknames. George Costanza just wants one. He's just George. I mean, jo- right? George is certain names. I also think lend themselves. I guess Akiva, a lot of syllables, unusual name, like lends itself to nicknames mm-hmm. um i don't know if george really lends itself to a lot of nicknames right yeah. like he says it's just a very generic boring name yeah there's no snap there's no zip to george he wants something new and he's thinking how about t-bone i do like the nickname t-bone by the way i don't mm-hmm. think he's off on this the, of course the problem is like what's the t in the the you know the costanza you know like what, mm-hmm. where's the t coming from and G-Bone sounds insane, right? That sounds so like something, something, something super creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, George says that there is no G-Bone. That's the problem. Uh, Jerry mentions the G-Spot, which uh, George says is a myth. And we probably don't need to discuss that any further. Yeah. What, so like what I'm trying, I was trying to think of like what would like, I don't think you would, you could be R-Bone. I think that's weird, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah, Seabone, and you don't go by Sesternino so much, but also like Seabone again doesn't really 
work. What about me? A bone. A bone's not horrible. Mm, yeah. A bone. I'm not going to start going by a bone, but it's not horrible. W bone is too much of a mouthful. So I don't think that's we're, a lot. Of us are going to become bones. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah. I don't think that there is anything else that goes with with bone besides T bone. You think T is the only bone M bone. That sounds weird. N bone. No. O bone. L bone. No. That's too much like elbow. Yeah. K, what about K bone? I don't mind K bone. K bone. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess so. That's fine. My sister's name is Kayla. I call her the K dog. Yeah. Z bone. Z bone. Not only does she not like it one year, I think she she asked me for Hanukkah instead of a present, not to call her that, but maybe it was a different name. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Z-Bone, Z-Bone is good. Well, there's Z-Bo with Zach Randolph in the NBA. So I actually yeah. think Z-Bone is good. Z-Bone might be better than, than T-Bone even. Yeah. What about in terms of a cut of meat? You like a T-Bone, Keeve? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm uh, famously uh, pretty lukewarm on steak, but as far as steaks go, I don't mind T-Bone. What about you? Yeah. I mean, I think it's fine. I feel like the thing is, it could be a little fatty, I think, at times. So that's something to uh, watch out for. You know, sometimes I eat the fat. Like, I'm not paying attention. <laughs> not like on purpose. I don't but, think like, you're supposed to do that. I know. But my wife, like, separates the fat. And if she has a fatty piece of meat, it, like, ruins her thing. But, like, I don't notice. I just chomp in and, like, whatever happens, happens. You just go for it. I just right. go for it. If I notice it's, like, a gross piece of fat, I won't eat it. But yeah, a little on the side. So a little bit is good. A little bit is fine. Uh, so back at Jerry's apartment. So he's talking with Elaine about the uh, rodeo and what's going on there and uh, how uh, he had to open for rodeo and how uh, he opened for Kenny Rogers once. And that's how they knew about him, even though Kenny Rogers threw him off a bus at one time. And here comes the woman who is Jerry's maid. Does she have a name, the maid? Yes. Yeah, by the way, it's used very infrequently. I was thinking at one point in the episode, how crazy would that be if like they because a lot of times they don't name Jerry's like two scene girlfriends, right? But her name yeah. is Cindy. Her name right. is Cindy, but we don't hear it a lot of, in, for the first half of the episode. Yeah, I think so. he says it at the end of the episode when he's like, yeah. Cindy, Cindy. It would be right. nuts, though, if she was like just the maid in the credits. I feel like that would be pretty offensive. Yes, she should go by a nickname. She should have a maid name and then her regular. Oh, name. you think that's not her real name? I, I think you're well, probably no. Correct. I mean, it probably is her real name, but right because it's I Cindy. Think- her maid name. Her her maid name should be like Star or something, right? <laughs> right. Well, Alexis. I think that. I mean, if you had this woman who is in this cleaning service, who is sort of a pseudo prostitute, I feel like that she should have like some sort of like cleaning name, like Ajax. That's a little on the nose. Little on the nose, like, Ajax. Like the <laughs> That's almost as good as T Bone, Ajax. Uh, what what's the other like a cleaning supply? I don't know the name of cleaning supplies. The one that they mentioned uh, in the episode. Like, I, I, I that would be funny if like one was Ajax and one was like Mister Clean or Mrs. Clean. Mrs. Another Clean. Was, what's, yeah. What's like the baking soda, whatever it's called? Arm and Hammer. Arm and Hammer. That's it. I, yeah. I guess I don't Ajax know do is way better than Arm and Hammer. Yeah, Ajax is better than Arm and Hammer. Yeah. I mean, if her name was like Carmen Hammer, I think that that Ooh, would be something. That's good. Yeah, that's uh, that's our hashtag, Carmen Hammer. <laughs> that's her her working name is Carmen Hammer. <laughs> that's right. I do like at the end, not to spoil the end of the episode, but like they, you know, they go with the prostitute theme so hard that they really dress her up as a prostitute in that final scene where Jerry tries to give her money. To the point where I'm confused if she really yeah. is a prostitute. Oh yeah, yeah. By the way, we should really have asked Mel. I don't think she is. I think. I think we know that they're trying to trick us and not say like he's also operating a prostitution scam. Unless we're wrong. I don't think we're wrong. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, this is going to be something to follow as we go through this episode. So and this I'll, actress is now also, I believe, an acting coach in case yes. uh, you were scoring. That's number 50 of Jerry's ex-girlfriend. <laughs> acting coach. So Elaine is very impressed uh, that Jerry has a maid, but she's whispering. Uh, Jerry is the one that says, okay, you don't have to whisper. She knows she's a maid. And ultimately, uh, she ends up leaving. And Jerry tells Elaine, well, she's not really going to be a maid. She's actually going to be an actress or a model or a dancer or a newswoman. I like that Elaine is already like a mouthing newswoman by the time we get to that one. Yeah, she knows. I guess those were like all the uh, people still aspire to be newswomen. I don't think they do as much. Anymore. I think a reporter. I think that the people still want to do But I don't I don't know. Is that the same sort of people who are trying to be actresses and models? Yes, yes. But they it don't is. call it a okay. reporter that they call it hosting. I could tell you this from the many resumes that I've seen uh, in my life working in Los Angeles, that that is uh, it's uh, a dancer is the one that's probably a little out there of model, actress, host. I feel like uh, more so than news person. Um, yeah, you know, you know what bothers me? No offense to our British listeners, but I hate that they call them presenters and not hosts in, in England. <laughs> <laughs> can we write to somebody about that yeah can we change that i always want to i, I, I want to like change like for like british thing what if we could trade like you guys stop doing that but we'll like spell favor with a u do you think they make that trade i think so i think they would do that but do we want that though would we make that trade what well, do we what, care well, if they're like, calling their things presenter like, well, like we, have, I mean, we gotta put use it to favors now <laughs> must bother other people right like if it just bothers me am i own am i the only person Who's annoyed that they call them presenters? I mean, you might be. I might be the only person. You're right. <laughs> All right. No trade. I think way more people would be annoyed. They've got to put a U in favor now. I feel like half the people, you know, people who could spell anymore. It's all spell check. So, I, you know, people wouldn't even notice. We deal with so many Canadians like in, in our like the Rob has a podcast world. And the I mean, you shouldn't like, say that we have to deal with them. I mean, we no, get I, to well, I'm, interact I'm a quarter them, Canadian. I can, I can use that word. <laughs> um, so... So, like, part of it is, like, I see the word favor so often <laughs> that now I think it's the right way to spell it with a U. Yeah. So, Kramer has a girlfriend, and his girlfriend has moved to a different part of the town. The whole episode is about Kramer dealing with this uh, long-distance relationship, which is actually uh, 10 minutes away. They have a different gap over there, different Tower Records. Remember Tower Records, Keeve? I This is really, like, if we make it, if we ever make, like, a top 10 most dated references chart, for Seinfeld, I mean, as days go on, like we're old, right? We know what it is, but mm. certainly the Max, the millennials of the world, like don't even know what Tower Records is. Maybe they've heard of the movie as like a classic 80s or I guess it's a. Well, I believe movie, the movie right? was Empire Records. You're right. It's Empire Records. It's a fake Tower Records. I apologize. Yes. Yeah. I think there's a documentary Tower Records or about Tower Records. That's mm -hmm. what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Well, I think that this whole storyline is actually pretty dated where the area code that Kramer's girlfriend has is a 646 area code. And this is such a non-starter for everybody in the episode. Like, what? I have to dial one to be able to call somebody? I mean, it's not a big deal at all. I mean, it's weird for me, like when I'm at my mom's house to even think about dialing the phone and not putting the one in area code before I dial a number. Um. 
I've never th- first of all it's saved in your phone, so you're literally putting in once and never thinking about it again for ninety nine percent of the numbers, right? Mm-hmm. I don't even like know the prefix to my number anymore. Like I, I barely, I actually have to think the difference like between my number and my wife's number every single time someone asks for my phone number. Like I, and I used to be the guy in my grade who every single person would say like, "Hey, Keith, what's so what's like Ellie's number?" You know, call me up and like, and now I and now I don't know a single number, so I feel like nobody knows right. numbers, right? The best was when I was in college that your room had a phone and you just had to dial four digits. Like you just had like, uh, oh, like my phone number is like one zero six five. Like that's my phone number. So you, you, you had a call. phone. You had a phone in your room in your college dorm. Yes. I don't, I don't think we had phones in our room in our college dorm. Yeah. I, I mean, all the campus numbers were four digit numbers. So you just it's had like a to- hotel. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, they had, and then if you were going to dial out, you had to dial whatever like the area code and the prefix was. But you just had like sort of like the four digit numbers for if you needed to call this like uh, you know classroom or like the the dining hall, you know, with that six eight one five and you know whatever. It's just all four digit numbers. I don't. I don't remember if we had phones. Um. Now. Now. I'm. I'm so old. I don't remember what we had in college in our day. <laughs> well, now I'm sure. Did you have a bathroom? You didn't have a bathroom in your in your uh, dorm in, in school, right? Like you had to go outside of your room to like the whole right. bathroom. So right? it would be like a block of like four rooms would share one bathroom. Um, now, did you have a sink in your in your room? No, no sink. The sink so was we in the had sinks in our room. Like the fancy kids, like if you roomed with like, like, you know, some vice president's kid in the school, vice president, uh, not of this country, of the uh, school or something like, you know, you could get you could get like a fancy room that has like a small bathroom. Um, yeah. But so we had a sink. And like, so you wake up at three in the morning. Oh, no. Right. And your shoes aren't on. Mm-hmm. And like, it's a long walk down the hall. What is What are you, 21 year old Rob C, do? Do you just go in the sink or do you walk to the bathroom? I mean, that's uh, another time and a place, Keeve. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that there probably was going to be some urinating in the sink. Yeah, no, for sure. I don't think I ever, like from about 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. That was not I was not going into that bathroom. Yeah, that's fair enough. You don't know what you're going to find in there. Uh, sometimes it's like a, a hideous disaster waiting for you uh, in there. Anyway, so the new area code 646 uh, that Kramer is not into it. We find out that Elaine was once a 718 and she cried every night. Yeah, that was like a funny anecdote. 718, I do remember as a kid thinking was like the inferior code because I'm from Long Island, but we're only where I live is only like a 10 minute drive from like Queens, which I guess a lot of places in Long Island could say that. But like, you know, Farakway is like an eight minute drive from my house. And that's a 718 number. And the 718 people were very sensitive about their their like second tier status. Yeah, they didn't like that. Well, you were 516, though, right? Growing up. Yes. Yeah. You know, it was a big deal also. This yes, will what? only be of interest to me and you and possibly only me. Well, I remember like because my grandfather lives on Suffolk County, the inferior of the of the two counties on Long Island. 631, and, right? And they switched to 631. And then see, this is very relatable back then in 1998 because I had to start dialing one before I would dial my grandfather's. That's which I still have to do, which is annoying. There yeah. should be reciprocity. That you don't have to dial a one for like, you know, from 212 to 646 or from 516 to 631. Why? Because we're like, we're all Long Island brothers. This brought us apart. Now I feel like I, I want to like go to war with my, uh, with my, like our Suffolk County. Yeah, but if you wanted to call another country, you have to dial a different number. Yeah, but just don't have another country have the 631 area code. 
<laughs> like, we're America. Know. We can't make sure of like nobody has. You a pick system. your battles. Well, what do you want? No more presenters, or, more? or you want to just have to not dial the well, one? Why can't I have both? Like, we'll make a three way trade here. I'll <laughs> throw in like a Zeke Elliott. He's coming back from. from uh, no, no, we don't want to touch him. Okay, Keeve. So we find out that Kramer is waiting for a fax. He has sent it to Elaine's apartment. No real reason why. He thought she had a fax machine. Uh, and Kramer wants her to make sure that she doesn't have a fax machine. She doesn't know. Uh, she says to him, have you checked your apartment? Maybe you have a fax machine, uh, which blows Kramer's mind. Yeah, this is kind of a funny line. And by the way, there's a 50% chance he does just have a fax machine somewhere in there. but He's never going to find it. Yeah. All right, Keith. So Kruger, big lunch meeting going on. George is trying to make T-Bone happen. He is going to order a T-Bone for lunch. And he has always been a T-Bone kind of guy. You might as well call me. And before you can get it out, Watkins says that that sounds good. He would also like a T-Bone. Uh, I like how earnest Watkins is uh, during this whole episode where Kruger says, uh, wow, Watkins, you having a T-bone too? Watkins is just like, I love him. He's very serious about the T-bones. He is serious about the T-bones. I will say the first of all, I also think like when George orders the T-bone, it's also part of it for Kruger, who's I guess an idiot and the company's dying. But part of it's like if you're doing like a company lunch, unless you're the boss, like you never be, want to be the one ordering like the most expensive thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like if someone ta- I do have this also, I feel like we probably discussed this on episode like eight. But like if someone takes me out for for dinner, I'm never going to be the person who orders the most expensive thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's thir- I don't care about like thirty two dollars to thirty one. But I mean, I'm not going to like order steak if everyone else is having a salad. I don't want to be like a pig. Yeah. Am I am I alone here? No, I think that most people are not yeah, in the would agree. opinion. But that- I think like that. Yeah. yeah. Ordering the T-bone steak at like a casual lunch. That's why like. It gets such shocking sort of replies. Yeah. I mean, is a T-bone the most expensive steak or what is it? The porterhouse? No, not the most expensive steak, but like it's a, they're saying steak for lunch. That's a weird like what did what did Kruger order? He didn't order a steak. Right? Yeah, I know somebody got the like chef sandwiches. salad. Right. Yeah. Like the, so you're really like taking a big step up, like a whole another section of the menu mm-hmm. to get that steak. Yeah. OK. All right. Well, uh, that's uh, who knows how much that T-bone is going to uh, ultimately cost. What are you thinking? Like 50, 60 bucks for the T-bone? Well, it's I think the Manhattan lunch menu sometimes like it, it'll be like a severe, like a small version of the same steak. But, you know, it's sixty dollars for dinner. I'll say thirty five for lunch. OK, but that's a very expensive lunch. Yeah. Uh, no. Now you'd have to you'd have to reverse it down. I'm thinking now like thirty five, thirty seven bucks. Okay. So maybe maybe back then it was in the 20s, but it's still an expensive lunch. Watkins is now dubbed T-Bone, T-Bone, T-Bone. And everybody uh, is uh, chanting. All right. Back at Elaine's apartment. Uh, the phone rings as she's carrying in the bag of groceries. I actually thought that uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is uh, very funny in this scene uh, dealing with the phone, which rings. And it's the fax machine noise. She goes on to check her messages, which is a whole other bunch of fax machine noises. And then one of them is a call from George, which she also just quickly skips. Right. It's almost the same equivalent of the uh, annoying machine. It's funny because that to her, that's the fax machine noise. But to us, that is, which I guess was becoming that at that time, too. It's like if someone was on AOL, that's sort of what it sounded like. Right. Yes. The dial up modem noise. Still a little different than the fax machine noise. And then and then someone like in that scenario, like Elaine picks it up and that would actually hang us up out of like AOL. And you have to like go right back. <laughs> and your like website was 80 percent loaded. And now you have to mm-hmm. reload it. Truly like uh, 
you know, young people yeah. should never know of our of our uh, struggles. Yes, it was torture. So, Kiva, then the phone rings again, and she's sort of like debating whether or not she should answer it before she finally ends up uh, picking it up. All right, so Jerry is with Cindy in his apartment. Place looks great. She is off to leave, but they have a smooch before she goes out the door. And Elaine's perfect timing. She walks right up to encounter all of this. Yeah, it's awkward. We how many times have we have has Elaine see Jerry kissing somebody before? Yeah, has it happened yet in the series? Not necessarily like that. I mean, I think that she was uh, not expecting to see Jerry in like a full makeout sesh. Right, but she's totally calm. It's I feel like Jerry. Maybe you'd get a little bit of the heart dropping. Yeah, but Elaine, she's calm. Although you don't know she's calm because you know we're gonna see maybe some sparks between them in a couple weeks. Yeah. So. Well, she's laughing about the whole thing because uh, to her, it's all, uh, you know, that she has seen this uh, prophecy in her dreams. Yeah, I don't think this is the one. I think she knows. Yes. And she talks about what a bad decision this is for Jerry to be hooking up with his maid. Uh, Jerry is implying that, no, we go out, uh, which we find out to pick up cleaning supplies and gum. I like Elaine's line where she says there's nothing more sophisticated than diddling the maid and then chewing some gum. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty funny line. All right. Kramer comes back and his girlfriend has moved and uh, that he's uh, misses her already. Um, Elaine finds out that Kramer was trying to have the menu from every restaurant faxed to her apartment. Again, key in a pre-smartphone world, you needed to have the menu for all the restaurants. Oh, I remember. I used to like collect menus in, in like even like 2003, like any it was easier because there's only like there was probably like 80 kosher, kosher restaurants in Manhattan. But I think I had the I mean, you at a certain point, you go to like menupages.com or something and they had them. But I think I had like the complete list. The problem is like they're always closing and opening. It's hard to really like maintain a accurate, like active de- database. Do you still have a lot of menus? No, no. I have zero menus now. Because yeah. I, I go to the same five places and those menus are in my head, you know? <laughs> yeah, I still like to have the hard copies of the menus, but I don't ever access them. Well, I mean, every every single place has has the menu online. So why do you need the hard copy of the menu? Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, that they're talking about these menus and they're talking about uh, when should Kramer come and pick them up? And this is a pretty iconic moment where Elaine says, well... You could pick them up right now. And she just screams the fax machine noise into Kramer's ear. Uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. That, can, I, can I tell you my thesis about this episode? Yes. I think that there's like 60 really funny things. Like in the middle of like an incredibly disjointed, like poorly thought out episode. <laughs> hmm. There's like a lot of like laugh out loud moments. Yeah. In this episode. Yeah. A lot of funny things. What's the but issue like objectively, here? There's just not, not a lot a of crossover episode. between the stories. No crossover between the stories. Well, with uh, Kramer, some and storylines go nowhere. Yeah, there's, there's a little bit of a crossover with Kramer at the end. With uh, but it's almost it's too, it's it's cartoony. Yes. Um. There's things that 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 die in the vine. There's things that uh like the Elaine with the Grammy thing is funny, but it's like so unrealistic and stupid. Mm-hmm. And also like we we've been pre- preaching for realism, and like there's nothing here that's realistic. Like. You know, the idea of like Kramer being so dumb that he doesn't realize like he could just take a cab uptown. Right. Like yeah. maybe we're suspend, you know, suspending belief a little bit too much. Right. It's and joke the last heavy. Scene at the end where like Gammy 
I will we'll get there. We'll get there when you get there. But the last scene at the end is is bananas also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which one in particular with uh, Coco coming back? The really last scene, the tag. Yeah. Yes. Uh, with with the the scene with uh, Coco at the meeting. Two Cocos. Yeah. Two Cocos. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm, I'm probably not as down and on it as I you think it's are, a really but I definitely understand episode. what you're saying. Yeah. I think it's really funny. I just think it's very sloppy. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I. I mean. I guess we're a little bit like into like the Family Guy era of you know we're just sort of like going for yeah. bits and gags and don't expect too much from the story. A hundred percent. Like home runs and strikeouts. Okay. With Adam Dunning it. Three true outcomes. Home runs, <laughs> walks, and strikeouts. That's very common right now. It's everyone's. That's what uh, Nate Silver's been telling me. Yeah. All right. So Elaine is with the phone guy as the phone guy is hooking up the phone. Elaine is thinking, boy, if I just off this guy, would anybody notice? Uh, pretty dark. Yeah, it's pretty dark. But uh, they we're literally this getting thread. to murder in this in the ninth season. Like murder is yeah. on the table for the core four. It's on the table. All right. Elaine is now a six, four, six number. She's not happy about it. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, for like you like for a, you know, a true blue New Yorker like Elaine, the six, four, six number. There's nothing more shameful in 1998. Right. And Elaine's trying to say, no, there's some sort of a mistake. And the phone man has a line for Elaine, which has always stuck with me. He says, look, I work for the phone company. I've had a lot of experience with semantics. So don't try to lure me into some maze of circular logic. <laughs> uh, right. I, I, like, I like his line like this is a new number. You know, yeah. And Elaine tries to stick it to him. Hey, I could have killed you. Nobody would have known. He says, I could have killed you and nobody would have known. It's just such a crazy line. Yeah. Okay. Like now uh, we're just saying the thoughts in our head out loud. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> All right. Kramer well, can is... I say? Can I say one more thing about this yes. episode? This, when people talk about, about season nine and the, the parties who say it's a good thing Seinfeld did not go to season 10 because season eight, which was so great, uh, was not followed up by as strong of a season, particularly the second half that we're in now with a f- with a few eh episodes. But the episode that's frequently cited is the maid as sort of like a lazy. I don't think people who hate it would call it funny like I am. And I think you are. But like just as like uh, they sort of lost their way a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if it's lazy. I mean, I definitely feel like that we are not uh, going into too much new ground here. I mean, I feel like that um, there's definitely some things that are similar to uh, previous episodes that we've had. So uh, I get the criticism. Uh, Yeah, but uh, no, I am curious to see at the end, you know, maybe where where I have this ranked and where you have it ranked. Um, But where I guess I'm getting mad. I don't know why I'm getting mad with this uh, with with this episode. Okay, so uh, we see Kramer uh, that he is watching Quincy with his girlfriend. They're talking on the phone and George comes in. Uh, Kramer goes off to the bathroom. Uh, Jerry is calling George T-Bone, but no, it didn't stick. Watkins from accounting is T-Bone. Neil Watkins, uh, that is. So he doesn't have a T in his name either. But um we see about how uh, George notices that Jerry's uh, maid is doing the laundry. He thinks his girlfriend is doing the laundry, and Jerry says, "No, it's actually the maid." Um, yeah, I like. I actually, like Kramer like, blurts out he's sleeping with. Yeah, the maid. Kramer's so hip to what's going on and very calm about it. It's pretty funny. I love when George Costanza says to Jerry, "Sleeping with the maid." I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> So the, the ostrich burger thing is really funny, yeah, because it's so true to character. Did you ever eat like, an I need to one up you? Yeah, 
But I love that finally we have a character like remembering something they did in the past. Oh, totally. So right. very normally it's that. normally it's like alluded to, but not necessarily by the person who's done it. Mm-hmm. So right, it's funny that they did that. I I do like the Ashley Burke. It's such a like, I I being one up stinks. I hate being one up. So like, I feel like it's the type of thing I would do. Have you ever had an ostrich burger? No. First of all, you think ostrich is kosher? Probably not. I mean, I well, why why is one animal kosher versus another? Uh, it has got split hooves and it it chews its cud. Uh, that's, it, the animals on that, that's good or that's bad. That it has to have split hooves and and chew its cud to be kosher. Well, what what is it like? Uh, what about a chicken? Okay. We're going to is an ostrich kosher on incompetech.com. I have no idea if this is a reliable uh, uh, site. The ostrich kosher issue has been debated for thousands of years by Arab and Jew scholars. Unfortunately, the issue is clouded and it has been obfuscated obfuscated by translation <laughs> yeah. error. I'm not going to get into the Hebrew here. Yeah. Um, okay. I think too many people have their head in the sand about this kosher issue with the ostrich. Uh, ooh, pun intended. Evolution took place, so that's controversial, making the ostrich the only animal to change its characteristics through evolution in such a way as to cross the kashrut boundary. Kashrut is the... the I didn't know I was opening such a can of worms. Oh, listen. Since the foundational rules were set forth, evolution is a fact. Wow, this guy is really hot taking it. And as we know, any rule set has edge cases. Yeah, we knew that, Rob, me and you. We knew that any rule set has edge cases. Sure. Uh, But the ancient ostrich, who was only barely on the edge of of verbotenfrucht, which is, I guess, like this old school... Uh, like what they called an ostrich in the in the Bible time, um, managed to evolve across the barrier. Ostrich 2.0 now qualifies kosher. Rob, let's go out and get some ostrich burgers. Boom. <laughs> Amazing. Can't wait. All right, we'll have those at the finale. Ostrich burgers added on the menu. Elaine is with a guy on the street. And again, Elaine uh, not giving out her fake phone number to somebody on the street. This time she wants to give out the real phone number. This guy is not interested in Elaine with that 646. She could, I and mean, she has such an opportunity to give the fake phone number because she literally has a number that just went out, right? Mm-hmm. Like she has a, a real number in her head, and she could even say if she ever runs into him again, "I switched numbers like that day," which is true, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, she is not able to uh, get her digits uh, accepted by that guy. All right. So, uh, does she ask for? Uh, why don't you just give me your number? Yeah. Why doesn't she pull that? The, yeah. Give me your number. Move. I don't know. Uh, I guess because we've already done that on the show. All right. Uh, Meanwhile, we see George arguing with Watkins slash T-Bone about who gets to be called T-Bone. But George, in his debate with Watkins, uh, apparently Kruger and the rest of the gang thinks that he is uh, acting a bit simian and they feel like that there's a new nickname that would be better for George Costanza. What's the nickname? What would be a better nickname? Well, what would be better than Coco the monkey? Yeah. No, I mean, Coco, first of all, why is it Coco or Coco the monkey? Like, Coco the monkey is a little weird <laughs> specific. Yeah, why? Would it be Coco the gorilla? Well, he's not a monkey. Like, he's not a monkey. Like, it, it should just be like Coco Costanza. That doesn't, that actually works. Coco Costanza might be uh, really good. Yeah. Coco the monkey is what they say. Yeah. Well, but he's also remembering the name of it. He's yes. you're Co- after he says you're Coco. Yes. Well, they Kruger says, uh, look at him. He's jumping up and down like some kind of monkey. What was the name of that monkey that could read sign language? So Coco the monkey is what they come up with. I mean, don't expect Kruger to get the facts straight. I, I do like that they've done a very subtle but good job of like portraying just how incompetent and like failing this company is, right? Like the final days of Kruger. Really, that's a 
like a like you know it's a sea story but it's like one of the only through lines in season nine where we haven't a lot of haven't had a lot of like stories that really like run through the whole season right is kruger supposed to be um like a metaphor for anything else like the incompetence that they were dealing with that castle rock or anything like that it's a good question right like it could be anything could have been some company in 1998 that like we're not even thinking of that was you know enron it was enroning although enron wasn't like wasn't you know good good bad 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 clothes enron was good good and then just got caught right i don't think there was like a long maybe more like lehman brothers which obviously is uh, a little bit later yeah right yeah so back at Jerry's apartment, uh, Kramer is looking for Jerry's suitcase, to which uh, Jerry lets him know that it is still uh, in Kramer's closet. Uh, and Kramer notices that the apartment, the place is looking uh, pretty messy and uh, is wondering, hey, what happened to your maid? Um, yeah, I do like that Kramer's like very on top of the maid story. Mm-hmm, right. And we see Cindy come out and she grabs the money from the counter and leaves. And Jerry turns to Kramer and says, hey, what did I just pay for? Right. He looks around. There's it's, it's filthy. My question is, so they keep saying $40. How many hours is she working for these $40? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you would think that she would be there for more than an hour to take a nap. Is she there two hours? Is she getting $20 an hour? I don't think so. I think that's too much for a 1998. Minute. I mean, then what is she getting? I think she's I think it's for $10 an hour. I think she's four hours, 40 bucks. Okay. That's my guess. Wow. OK, that's a pretty good deal. I mean, it's 1998. Yeah, I literally minimum wage is below that now in 2017. Mm-hmm. Sure. But you got to tip the maid, right? True. You should. You do tip the maid. But I guess this is weird. It's like a one time a week service. I don't know how that works, but you do have to tip the maid. Yes. Right. Well, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. I don't know how it works. I think you should tip the maid like. Well, here's the thing. If you have a regular maid, you don't tip them every day. You give them like a bonus that like they're they work for, like if you have someone who cleans who cleans once a week. Right. That, that's you don't a, tip them every week. You give them a Christmas bonus. Right. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I'd, ask, I'd say sure. let's ask Chester because he is a maid, but he doesn't tip. So I don't think. He's useful. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kramer tells Jerry, you're a John. I mean, he, he really is. Mm hmm. That's right. Do you think this do you think this maid service only sends attractive women out? I, I that's the question. We don't or really men. know. I mean, there's kind of like a is Kramer like yeah that's involved. I don't know if it's like I mean, and there's like um, signs that I see like they'll be like uh, like vans uh, like that drive around with like a phone number on it for like topless maids. Uh, that's like a thing. I don't know if they actually clean your house when you order a topless maid. I, I wa- first of all. That doesn't sound appealing. Topless maid? Right? It doesn't sound appealing. Which Unless part? it's a front for something else. The, like the topless maid. The, the, like, like if you want your house clean, fine. If you want, if you want like, a, you know, you want something to come to your house, like that's another thing. Why are we mixing up like two very separate things? It seems strange, right? My, yeah. my guess is maybe they do some light dusting, but not, <laughs> you're not, the house is not getting, uh, the house is not getting especially clean with the topless maid. Right. I do think that sort of does uh, teeter across the good naked, bad naked line where, you know, sort of like, okay, the feather duster, probably good naked. But, you know, I think, uh, you know, uh, unclog this drain uh, is getting into bad naked. Right. Yeah. Well, it's toplessness, which is clean the toilet. You know, I think bad naked. 
I agree. Yeah, I don't think your house is getting. If someone is, uh, you know, has experience in this, uh, you can anonymously let us know. But I don't. I, I feel like it's one of these things that's like a novelty, but almost no one has ever actually used. <laughs> Do we have a topless maid correspondent? I, well, I don't, I don't think we have a car. Like maybe someone who's used it, right? I don't think yes. we have a correspondent who's actually been a topless maid. Because I feel well, like. Well, yeah. I mean, are, is it between. like? I mean, is topless maid? Is that just like a front for escort service? Sure, that's a good question. That's a good question. Yeah. That we don't know. Like, do they actually come and clean your house? I don't think that it's getting clean. Whether it's a front for, an esc- for full escort service or it's just like, you know, for like creepy dudes or something. Like, I don't know, but I don't think I don't think right. your house do is they just like go around with the feather duster and like sort of half ass. Yeah, is it like it's essentially like a strip club coming to your house? I don't think they clean minutes. anything. You mean like, do they bring like, uh, well, you don't do they bring like equipment? They bring like, right. like yeah. I don't think the topless maid is coming in with like a bucket of uh, like a scrub brush and no like no a mops, bunch of no arm supplies. and hammer, no squeegee. Right, right. I, I you know I, I think that uh, you know they're not unloading the dishwasher or anything like that. That would be nice to have someone come unload the dishwasher. Though. Be good to know. I, I I would like to know if somebody could email us if they uh, know how, how this experience works. I'm very curious. Uh, someone recently, I don't think I said this on the podcast. Someone someone recently, I won't say who. They, uh, Chester? Who, who I know. No, not Chester. No, 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 not Chester. Someone would be mad if I said it. The, the, um, Amir? A, not Amir. No, no, no one, no one who emails into the podcast. Yeah. No one even listens, so I could really say it, but yeah. Uh, someone, <laughs> someone close to me, um, they hire, they have a nanny. And, uh, I, I, I said to them, I'm surprised that your wife let you hire this nanny because she's rather attractive, you know, by nanny standards. Uh, she's like a very young lady, nice looking lady. I'm like, like I feel like the the person who hired this nanny, who's probably may or may not be related to me, is like I'm. You know, I'm surprised that they would be willing to do that. Like, I I don't think my I'm, I'm I don't know. I my wife wouldn't care because like she has so little concern that she I would doesn't ever think do you have game, right? No, she doesn't think I have game. I don't think your wife would ever hire like a super attractive nanny though. Well, I don't want to disparage the uh, <laughs> nannying that we have going oh, on. Oh, that's here. true. That's true. You actually have one, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's fair. yes. But just in 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 like a hypothetical scenario, uh, there was either. there was one uh, per one young woman that uh, was babysitting for us, and Nicole uh, had to have a conversation with her because she felt like that this woman was uh, had too much cleavage uh, for. Uh, watching the, the the just we just had the one baby uh-huh. at the time. Yeah, the dress code. She gave she yes. gave her dress code. Yes. So then, that was the answer I got. Yeah. I said I, the person who I actually believe said I never really pay attention. I'm not you know I'm I'm out. The reason we have nannies like I'm not home when when she's home. She doesn't. She's not a live in. Uh, we're not the Chesters. We have like five livers mm-hmm. probably. Um, and and he said, but I but uh uh my wife uh did have to give uh give her a little bit of a talking to about about the dress code. You know, to dress a little bit more professionally, yeah, in the house. Um, so sa- same thing. Yeah, they need the uniform. Well, I think they do. I think she is wearing the uniform uh, in the episode to bring it back to Seinfeld. I do think that mm-hmm. Cindy is wearing some sort of blue uniform. That's like the cleaner uniform. Yes. Um, my wife will also uh, say that you know she's like then gone to you know a uh, said babysitter's Facebook page and and uh, is very judgmental. Who goes to a babysitter's Facebook page? Um, Nicole does. Like she, they post about their babysitters? No, no, no. They, no well, they, she knows the, who they are, so she goes in and looks at their Facebook page. Oh, she. Oh, I, 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 thought, I thought you meant like a Facebook group. So yes. Like, because she's on a lot of mom groups or something. No, no, so no, I wouldn't no. be surprised if they were like judging the babysitter. Oh, so she checks out the... 
The yes, face, it's not just the, what they wear to my house. It's also what are, what are they uh, wearing? Uh, so is it what they're wearing on the page or is it like, hey, you know, they just had a political rant. You'll check. This uh, out. I don't think that she's, um, you know, look concerned about. Their no, politics. she doesn't care. What if, what if what if one day your older son is like, we really need a third party in this country to actually be able to win an election for one. Mm-hmm. You know, like you got some real like you're, you're like it becomes like a libertarian or something. Hey, Where would that come from? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't think that there's any sort of issue with uh, the political parties yet. Okay, that would be funny, though, like a nanny, like indoctrinated the kid into some like like very niche, like political stream or something. Mm -hmm. All right. So we see everybody at the diner. Uh, Jerry and George are at the counter. Uh, A little bit of like a deconstruction of the monk scene. Have we had this before where they're at the counter and they can't see each other? Have we done anything like this before, Keith? It feels familiar, but I'm not sure if I'm just thinking of this episode. I don't think so. I don't think I think you're just thinking of this episode. Yeah. Okay. So Jerry and George are talking that Jerry is paying for the sex. He believes $40. Uh, George is paying $60 to his maid and she's not even doing his laundry. Uh, here comes tourist Kramer. I'm not sure why Kramer is a tourist all of a sudden uh, that he has to go downtown. Like it went from he was in a long distance relationship to where it sort of pivots his story to it's not necessarily about his girlfriend living downtown. It's that he doesn't know what it's like downtown and he's a tourist. I mean, like, are we just supposed to, like, take a leap of faith and think that Kramer is truly the world's dumbest person? Is Kramer sort of in on the joke? Like, I don't, I don't you know, he's usually oblivious. He's not, has he, has he ever been this dumb before? Probably I don't know. Right. Right. To me, it's also that we kind of did a story similar to this where we had where George was dating the woman from the tourism bureau and that she thought George was a tourist. And then he had to pretend that he was a tourist the whole episode. And then similar to what goes on with Kramer, it's like, I knew this town would eat you alive. And then, you know, by the end of the episode, Kramer's in that same sort of position. Uh, yeah, I mean, it like, is a little similar. Once they right? go it- tourists, then, you know, then it's all about like how the city is going to eat them up. Yeah, I do also think it's like this is in 1998. This is maybe more of Chester's domain but like these are upper west siders acting snobby to like lower east siders basically and now like i feel like the lower east side is cool you know back then it was it wasn't it as cool yeah and and like the upper west side is more like for i mean obviously i don't know i i i feel like maybe the shade might be thrown the other way nowadays okay all right so kramer is on one side of the counter here comes elaine uh, she's back on the other side of the counter. She's talking about her two one two number that she got from the old lady in her building who died. And uh, Kramer ends up hearing that as Newman died. Kramer does not seem that sad about Newman. Uh, it's weird, right? People wrote in and and mentioned this, but it's like he's sort of like he's sad enough to mention to Elaine. But it is weird because he's like convinced Newman died, but also like indifferent about it. He's also in the wrong group of people to mourn Newman. Like, I don't think the other three would care if Newman died like mm-hmm. enough to really like affect their meal. So, yeah. And w- and we know these are people who don't care about like people they like actually didn't hate when they die. So I don't think uh, you'd see a lot of tears. Keith, did you like this stuff with, oh, Newman died? No. Do you want pie? Uh, no, this is the- a terrible scene. I really don't like this scene. I think it's it's very um it's very like three stoogesy. Mm-hmm. And we know Jerry likes that stuff. Jerry likes the slapstick stuff. We don't see a ton of it, a ton of it in the series. Uh I don't like the scene at all. It's it's a no- I actually find it very annoying. Yeah. 
All right. So back at Jerry's apartment, we see uh, Jerry is cleaning while Cindy is uh, uh, chillaxing. Uh, And here comes George and uh, that no, the Coco nickname has not gone away yet. They even got him a Coco the monkey jersey uh, with double zero for ooh ooh. That is that is like a nice touch, the double zero. Mm-hmm. And you don't see a lot of players wearing double zero anymore. In the 80s, I feel like it was a big thing. Yeah, like Ray Ordonez. Well, he wasn't double zero. He was single zero. He was... Right, Robert Parrish was, I think, double zero, no? Yeah, I, I did. So Ray Ordonez, did he ever go double zero? No, I don't think you're allowed to in Major League Baseball. It's only single zero. Yeah, okay. Uh, you shouldn't even... retire Ray Ordonez's uh, number. Eh. There should never be another zero. I, I, I guess so. They should, <laughs> should they retire his glove. Yeah, I, then the Mets should just retire. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> it's just we had a good run. We're hanging it up. We need to go what back. About, you to know the how like, board. Engl- like uh, European soccer has uh, relegation and promotion. Yeah, like it would be much more fitting if the Mets were right now in single A. Like they should be. If uh, yeah, could they know. just take a year off? Could they just like all right, we 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 got to figure this whole thing out. We don't know what we're doing. We're mm-hmm. gonna opt out of Major League Baseball for a year. And we'll figure it out. We got to think about some things. Yeah. And then the, the, you know how annoying it would be annoying. It would be like the David Wright at 37. Like, will he come back in 2020? Those stories are going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, it'll just more. It's just delaying misery. Yeah. So the take a year off Mets. I think they, they need a gap year. They do need. They Where should they go? They should go to like uh, Australia. I feel like they'd find themselves in Australia during their gap year. <laughs> I hope so. Like, like lost. Like they should just go on a sabbatical to go find themselves. Yeah, I think they should go on uh, on an outback, like a lock a walkabout. Style, walkabout, yeah, a walkabout. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, it would be good for them. Matt Harvey, Zach Wheeler, send them away. Stephen Matz. Yeah, why I mean, not? so the problem is some of these guys like can't walk; they'd be in like wheelchairs. Yes, <laughs> like like, like the Mark. other guys that went on a walkabout. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they'll be healthy on the island. It's not a bad idea. Maybe, Not the worst we do need the island. If we send everyone to the island, I think mm-hmm. maybe maybe the health would suddenly maybe just send Ray Ramirez to the lost island. Then we'll be fine. Why not? We're, we're losing people. OK. OK. So you don't, you don't think idea. our Australian listeners could recognize the Mets trainer's name without uh, like any sort of instruction? Probably. <laughs> so uh, George realizes that um, once Cindy mentions, uh, yeah, there's a girl named Coco who works at the uh, clean at the cleaning agency, they could bring her down there because for whatever reason, they, there can't be two people with the same name. That's going to be uh, Kruger's rule. You can't have two Cocos. I don't It's a weird rule, right? Like, what if another George comes in? Can it be? Is it no two nicknames or it's like you can't have two people with the same name? Even. I mean, do they not have two Johns at Kruger? It's a big company, right? Like they must have two Johns, two Jacks, two Robs. Yeah. Is the issue that they have official like kruger domain name email addresses and there's I don't already think so. yeah i think a place like kruger 1998 they're not on the domain name uh trail i don't think uh, <laughs> i may it's more like name tags they might have and they only have like one per, yeah. per person they already have t-bone at kruger.com and they can't do like t-bone <laughs> one at kruger.com yeah <laughs> that is probably the worst you have like a super rare name but you still can't get it Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's again, that's the delight of being a Keith Wienicker. Like there's 12 Wienickers. So there's, um, you know, probably no one's going to have my Gmail address name. OK, so uh, meanwhile, uh, Kramer is talking about how this long distance relationship is killing him. Uh, he ends up like really just going off on Jerry for no reason. Kramer is. Uh, do you think he's out of character in this episode? 
Uh, I mean, he's a little all over, all over the place. Like he's dealing with a lot of different stories at the same time and a lot of different effects of this long distance relationship. He says to Jerry in this scene, oh, so what am I supposed to do? Be more like you all sealed up in here, emotionally unavailable, paying scrub women for sexual favors. No, Jerry, I won't ever be like you. Never. I'll never be like you. And amazingly, uh, Cindy does not hear any of that. She's like, hey, what was Such going a sitcom on? thing? Right? Yeah, Jerry's like, oh, nothing. All right. In, in sitcoms, you only hear what you wanted the person to hear. Yes. Cindy wants her money, Keith. I mean, Cindy has to realize that like this is, you know, there's something on something wrong here, but she does not realize at all. Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why they can't have this conversation where, hey, you're I've hired you to be the maid. Does she come over when she's not being the maid? It's a good question, right? I guess I, I'm going to guess the answer is no. Like, I kind of feel like that she might be a real prostitute. Or at least like willing to like, right. She's not offended by the idea of the prostitute. She's offended the idea that he's not going to pay her. Right. Here's so my question. Am I a bad maid or a prostitute? Do they have relations every time she comes over? Yeah. At this point. Sure. That she's not. I just mean, they got four over hours to kill and taking a nap and then leaving. No, no. Yeah, for sure. There's some funny business going on. So every single time that there is uh, some some funny business going on. So, I mean, I mean, what, what's Jerry's problem? I mean, she's a principal? once a week maid. It's only yeah. a few times, probably. But Jerry's house was so was like Jerry's apartment ever messy to begin with? No, it only got messy when she came over. <laughs> like literally for the so first. Is that time the problem? She's like a slob. Is that what the, yes. the issue is? Okay. Yeah, she is like messing up the house basically. Yeah, and so she says to him, uh, "What are you saying? That I'm a bad maid or some kind of a prostitute?" Right. And I, what would like offend her more? I guess she doesn't want to be called a prostitute. Maybe she doesn't no, want to like, admit go it. bad. Maid. Say, yeah. No, 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 no. You're a bad maid. You are. A, uh, you are a terrible maid. You're a terrible maid. But Jerry um, doesn't handle it perfectly. I think I think it's like next time we got to clean. What if you clean first? Mm hmm. And then with the extra time, like, we'll see what happens. You know what I mean? Right. And she says, I don't want to be your girlfriend or your maid. And so uh, it's breakup quitting. She says, don't call me or hire me. And Jerry says, uh, we're through and you're fired. Yeah, pretty funny. OK, uh, back at Elaine's apartment, she is getting a uh, new phone hooked up because the old one kept getting the faxes. And uh, the phone man here reveals that the last phone guy went out for a job and then he never came back. He very odd thing. Yeah. No one's investigating either. Yeah. All right. So we get a kid uh, who's calling up for Gammy. Uh, it's Bobby, and uh, he keeps calling up over and over again. Of course, we know that Gammy has passed away, Keeve. She's on the alternate side. Do you ever call your grandparents anything other than grandma and grandpa? Uh, Nana? Nana, that's a big one, right? Yeah. Right. We have hey, hey. Bubby and Zadie in, in uh, like Yiddish. Okay. Are those common? Those are pretty common. Yeah. You could Bubby. be. I've, I like, and also because the thing is, if you if you're lucky enough that, especially like when you're young and you have like all you know, let's say two grandfathers or two grandmothers, yeah, it's like weird to have like you know. Then it's like then you got to get into names. Also, it's like you know, Grandpa Jerry and Grandpa Hal. You know, so mm -hmm. if like one is Grandpa and one is Zadie, or one is Grandma and one is Bubby or Nana, as you say. Like it's much more. It's much less confusing. Yeah. So. Elaine is talking to uh, the kid and I do like this where Elaine uh, is in the middle of the conversation and uh, that he wants to know, uh, Gammy, why haven't you called? 
do you hate me because of my lazy eye? <laughs> it's like <laughs> really funny. dark. Uh, Jared Jerome says the, the boy voicing the grandson is the same uh, actor that Mickey stands in for and it's the same actor who Paul O'Neill hits the two and runs for. So I guess it's easier just to reuse the uh, one competent. Yeah, we like, never see him. We never, we never in see him. In this episode, we never see him. We see him in the other okay. two. Yeah. All right. Uh, meanwhile, back at Jerry's apartment, Elaine and Jerry are playing Battleship. Are you buying this that Elaine and Jerry would be playing Battleship? I mean, Jerry's played chess at the table. He has played games. You have to be really bored to play Battleship on like a random night, you know? Yeah. And he wants Elaine to be making the sound effects. Uh, he gets a phone call from Kramer. It's a collect call from Kramer. And he is, uh, we went to his girlfriend's house and uh, he said to her an ultimatum. You have to move or it's over. And she uh, kicked him out. I don't know why we didn't get the typical Jerry like on the payphone with somebody where he does the uh, who is this? No, you, you right. I think typical of Jerry, you're right, would be like, who is this or just hang up or I can't hear you. Something like that. Right now, this was a collect call. So he knew who it was. So I guess that would have stepped on the joke of that Kramer not having any money and having to make a collect call. But that being said, uh, they're saying, OK, what is around you? Uh, only a raised pizza, original raise, not famous raise. Right. I think that's like uh, there's a bunch of different rays and there's probably some lawsuits involved and a lot of confusion over which raise is the best or the original one. Mm hmm. OK. And so that Kramer is at first and first. Uh, he's at the nexus of the universe, according to Kramer. Uh, yeah, that's a kind of a famous line. I do. It is confusing, by the way. Yeah. Um I was when I was in the city recently and I was like looking and I'm like oh, like once you get down to first like and then sometimes they're they're not numbers anymore down there even though it's like at like 3rd Street and not not below 1 yet it's still names it's very confusing. Yeah. It should just go into the negatives. The lower east side should just be like negative 23rd Street and like negative 8th Avenue. Yeah. Okay. Um yeah so what is it the yeah, first first and uh I'm trying to look and see, look at the map. What goes on over there? What's on first and first right now? Yeah. I don't What uh, neighborhood is, is that even? I, I is mean, it, you're uh, asking the wrong guy. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay. So, all right. Uh, Jerry's going to go out and uh, try to, uh, to save Kramer. So, uh, as he goes out to his car, he is greeted by a man named Maxwell. He's from Made to Order, which he uh, says is a pun and doesn't Jerry know like the name of it? Like it's weird that he's explaining this to Jerry, who's a who's a client, right? It is weird. And so he wants the money for Cindy. And uh, I do like that he says, "Oh, I know what you like. You're a little sicky." I do, and the sicky is used a few times, right? Because they use it. They yes. use it uh, right after this with the cop, also. Right now, Jerry tries to pay this man and give him the money. But he says, hey, hey, oh, give it to the girl. I'm an independent contractor. Tax yeah, That's purposes. a funny line, too. That's a funny line. Yes. You like that? I mean, I don't like I don't know enough about the pimp business, Keeve. Yeah. You know, you're not Who supposed you to pay? give the money to the pimp. I really don't know. I don't think you usually see the pimp. I think things have gone very wrong if you see the pimp usually. Right. Uh, what about the uh, naked maid? I think you're paying her. I think maybe the pimp there is more on call, if you know what I mean. <laughs> okay. You, like maybe it's expensive enough that there's actually like a driver in the driveway or something like that. Yeah, if you say so. That's uh, probably more of a scenario where like if she doesn't text you every twenty minutes, like come in basically, right? Yeah, I think that's right. So back at Elaine's apartment, she's still talking to Bobby, 
And so uh, Bobby is uh, very upset about Gammy. And Elaine ends up saying to him, uh, all right, well, I got to go. Gammy might be dying. All right, don't call anymore. I'm dead now. I got to go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, very, very sad for Gammy. R.I.P. Gammy. R.I.P. Gammy. Uh, meanwhile, Jerry's driving down the street and he sees Sandy, who is looking a little bit like she's uh, uh, working, a working woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. he's trying to give her the money. And then the police car comes up behind Jerry and says, uh, step out of the car, sickie. I do like this. Here's my question, because we don't see it. But Jerry gets out of it by the end of the episode. Does Cindy, is she nervous enough about being called a prostitute that she sides with Jerry, who she's upset with? Uh, and says, no, 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 I'm his maid. Well, I don't think she wants to be arrested for being a prostitute, right? Right. But I think the solicitor is more in trouble than the solicitee, yeah. right? Especially since. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I think he, you know, you could almost flip on the guy. Is that right? right? The John gets in more trouble than the actual prostitute? Not the John. I thought the John is the pimp. No, the John is the client. What's the pimp then? Just the pimp? The pimp is sort of... Oh, yeah. Yeah, the pimp is the... It should be a name for the pimp. The, yeah, it's like the, the pimp. Ja- it should be like the Jack. The Jack? Mm. I don't know. Um, <laughs> there should be a nicer name for the for the like the like the prostitute also. What, then prostitute? Yeah, like the... Um, Lady of the Evening? They, that's not nice enough? No, I think that's like an old school one. I don't know. Mm, okay. The Alexis. Okay, the Alexis. I don't know. Just, what did Alexis have to do with anything? I don't know. It's just a name. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, so I, I guess she sides with him. So like they both get out of the legal trouble here. I hope so. Anyway, Elaine hears a pounding on the door and then, uh, the paramedics come in for Gammy. The, so he calls 911 right in the last scene, the kid, we see yeah. hands dial 911. Did 911 transfer you? If you, if it's like a little kid calling is like, like he could be in Omaha, Nebraska, probably. Right. And it's like, uh, no, no, no. My, my Gammy lives on the, uh, like the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Yeah, you here's my me to Gammy's address. Right? right, like I don't think nine one one like is, is like full service like that. I but I could be wrong. I'm not sure. Yeah, and they tell you, they tell you exactly uh, where to go and rescue Gammy. All right. Uh, meanwhile, Kramer gets picked up by Maxwell. Suddenly, the guy that was at Jerry's apartment gets all the way down to first and first at the nexus of the universe, and he is picking up Kramer. How did he know where to go? Like how did Maxwell find him? I think it's a coincidence, right? I mean, it's a coincidence that he was at Jerry's place at the same time that Jerry was leaving, and he ends up going to the same destination that Jerry was going to be going to. I mean, that's a major I mean, this is a pretty far-fetched episode, but yeah, I think so. Yeah. Again, it's a very small town. There's only a few streets, only a couple people around. It's easy to run into each other. All right. It is like the Lost Island. There's only a few people. There's, there's 48 people. He talks Kramer into a uh, life of working as a maid. Butler, I guess. We think. Or maybe he's 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 a, a mimbo. A, a mimbo. <laughs> that, that's right. All right. Uh, and then finally in the tag. So George ends up uh, bringing in uh, a new person. He says, this is our new vice president of acquisitions. And I like when Kruger's asking him, so you're just hiring new people now? That's your job to hire these people? Uh, and Kruger, uh, after George says yes, says, okay, good enough for me. So here's Coco Higgins, and uh, Kruger shuts this down right away and says that uh, we can't have two Cocos. Right, right. There's, this is one Coco office, at least for the next week that this company's still alive. Yeah. And so they have a big stain on the front of the Grace building. Again, I don't know how these buildings get stains on them. 
And so Coco, the new Coco says, hey, when I was a little girl in Jamaica, my gammy taught me to take a wet rag. And George uh, uh, is uh, saying, look, Vice President Coco, nobody cares about your gammy. And uh, we get some more gammy talk. And eventually that becomes George's new nickname, gammy. I like that. Everybody, including Coco, cheers. Gammy, gammy. So, yeah. So he is like viciously insulted Coco's beloved gammy. Yes. From her Jamaican childhood. Mm -hmm. And two seconds later, Coco is totally indifferent and chanting gammy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's all happening. It's all happening. I like that she's a vice president also. Vice president. Vice president. Yeah, he gave her a pretty good, like, he didn't just hire her to be, like, just, like, uh, an intern. But now who's paying? Because now there's a, there's, that's a deleted scene, right? Where he tells her that she's earning $40, even though she's a vice president. She likes cleaning stuff outside. And he says, no, 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 you don't clean here. But you still earn only 40 bucks a day. (laughs) Okay. That's deleted. But, so, we're led to believe that George, like, hired her and is paying for it out of his own pocket. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's a good rate for uh, for the maid. I mean, he's paying his maid $60 before. That's true. Okay. All right, Keith. let's talk through the storylines in this episode. So, Jerry and the maid. I mean, I do feel like that this is pretty memorable. Yes. I think the idea of him sleeping with his maid is, is uh, memorable. Um, in terms of, like, the grade, uh, I'm going to say B+. Plus. I, it's pretty funny. Um, I just again like I think every storyline is just a little bit sloppy. It's a little too on the nose with the prostitute stuff. Like, make a decision. Like, what you know? Are we a realistic show or are we a cartoon? Or like you said, are we Family Guy? Right. I'd say it's probably a B. I think they lean too hard into like I shouldn't be walking away from this episode wondering if she actually was a prostitute. Right. And I think that it's uh, kind of a gray area. I don't think they really established the fact that she was a maid and worked for a cleaning company well enough uh, made to order. All right. Uh, what about George with Coco and T-Bone and the nicknames? Yeah. Um, Coco and T-Bone. I think it's funny. It's definitely memorable. Coco and T-Bone. It's something we've discussed in the past. Uh, I like, I, I like the failing Kruger. I do like those scenes. I feel like there's something like, like true feeling about them that like, this is a place that's crumbling. Uh, but I'm not super invested in whether George is Coco or T-Bone and stuff. So I'll give this a B. Yeah, I'll give it a B plus. I kind of like this. I feel like that this always stuck with me in terms of the idea of that George wanted to be called T-Bone. If I ever heard somebody being called T-Bone, I would think of this. Um, and I like the uh, the plight of George trying to get to be T-Bone and ultimately being branded Coco. So I thought that this is all uh, pretty fun for me. I, I do like the tag at the end as well. Uh, what about Elaine and what she's going through with uh, first getting the faxes and then ultimately getting Gammy's phone number. Um, she kind of has yeah, two, two storylines, story Gammy and the faxes. I hate the fax storyline. I think the noise is annoying to me and it doesn't really do much for me. There's a little joke in there with like George skipping over. Nothing special. Uh, and the Gammy stuff, it's a little dark. Uh, it's kind of pointless. It, it like it. The, them bursting in is kind of dumb. I give this a D. A D. Yeah, I don't like it. Wow. I don't like the storyline. Okay. Uh, I'll give it a B plus. I think this is one of the rare times that we really uh, disagree on it. I think that uh, Julie Louis-Dreyfus is really good here. I like when she does the fax machine noise in Kramer's ear. I like the That's scene funny. where her fax machine or the phone is ringing and she's like, oh, should I answer it? Should I answer it? Should I answer it? And she like debates it and then answers the phone. And then uh, her with uh, with Bobby is funny. I mean, the payoff of 911 coming in is uh, so-so. I'll give it a B plus. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And then finally, 
Uh, let's talk about Kramer and his girlfriend downtown. Yeah. Uh, how long do you think he's been going out with the girl downtown? Because it's never said. A week? Yeah, I think I think Jerry style since the last episode. Um, I think it's the idea is kind of clever. Like when they pitch in the writer's room, it sounds like something that's smart. And the next of the universe joke is a classic. But to me, it's a it's a nothing storyline other than that. I don't I hate that they go outside the realism. And this isn't Kramer per se, but also my least favorite scene, really all four responsible before, which is the scene in Monks where they just can't hear each other. <laughs> and then Newman's dead. And it's too slapsticky for me. So I give Kramer's storyline a C. I give that scene an F. <laughs> what do you yeah. give what do you give uh kramer's storyline uh, i'd probably give it a d plus i just uh don't feel like it was that exciting of kramer's no. in a long distance relationship and also I we have. don't see the girl i wonder if maybe we could have like mined something out of her like if we had seen her i don't know yeah i mean i felt like that the only thing that like sort of made sense in that relationship was that he was talking to her on the phone and having that relationship uh like be long distance but you know him like not knowing where he was in the city it's not something that we see from kramer in any other episode i agree i agree okay not canon all right keeve mm-hmm. let's try to figure out the rankings uh you seemed very low on this episode i'm wondering if this is outside the top 100 sometimes you're sort of a little hyperbolic yep. before we get to the actual rankings so i'm going to guess you were probably in the low hundreds. I'll say 105. No, a lot lower. I will say, remember, I did these rankings uh, before we, sh- we started. I-, I do think this is a very funny episode. I laughed a bunch of times. It's, not, it's a very poorly constructed episode, but it's funnier than a lot of episodes. But I have it all the way down at 137. Okay. There you go. 137. There you go. That's... In honor of what? What's 137? Is there another famous 137? I mean, nobody's... Nobody, I do like the, the, like the umpires that could have the, like the triple digits. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was like a famous... If it was like a famous umpire. <laughs> All right. So there you go, Keeve. Uh, wait, you want, you want a little bit of a full circle reference? I googled 137. Other than the actual number 137, the number one hit on Google is Urban Dictionary and 137... Number that has become widely known to emo kids that have much to do with love. Originated in the 1995 movie. Do you want to guess, Rob? It's going to blow your mind. <laughs> what is it's it? It's going to blow your mind. Empire Records. Here they go. What are the Not odds? Tower we mentioned Records? Empire Records. Not Tower no. Records. We, what are the odds? We mentioned Empire Records in this episode, and then 137 is Empire is 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 all about Empire Records. A movie. This that podcast single-handedly renews my faith every week. Yeah. The great unknown, something out there is really uh, either that I, I or do just think some sort of yeah. computer simulation, maybe or like maybe like someone's playing games with us, but like they should focus on more important things, right? Like stop worrying about the Seinfeld podcast, start worrying about like the economy or something. You don't think the world's going to end when the Seinfeld podcast ends, right? Well, that's why we have to go straight into curb. I think that's the catch. The world would That'll have ended, it. but because yeah. we go into curb and then and like I guess the world will just end in December when curb is over. Okay, fair enough. All right. Let's get into our mailbag. Johnny DeSilvera says, why have we never heard of Jerry being thrown off of Kenny Rogers bus before? What do you think he did that he had it coming? I think he talked about the chicken. Yeah, we, we answered this already. It's a good question. We he talked about the restaurant. Yeah. Okay. What, and then Lindsay says, my sister is pregnant and suggested the name Frank and the name George for her upcoming son. I repeatedly informed her that it says something about her that the only names she can think of are names that the Costanzas obviously really liked. I'm going to send her the clip of George saying his name has no zip to see if that helps. And in another family-related anecdote, my niece's name is Taylor, 
And she has been T-Bone since the name she was born. It's a very solid nickname, post-gender society and all that. Uh, and where does Battleship rank on the board game list? So, all right. So a lot to unpack. Lindsay, first of all, I love that like she's got a niece named T-Bone. That's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. And I agree. Boy, t- boys are generally T-Bone. So I appreciate that she's bringing back T-Bone for a girl. Right. Uh, by the way, I, we know Lindsay grew up on a farm, or at least I think her parents live on a farm. Uh, you can't be George on a farm. No. No, it's a whole George and Lenny of Mice and Men thing. You don't want to be George on a farm. So you can't name the kid George. Assuming the kid lives on a farm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for the Battleship question, what do you think? Where would you, how, give, give me a 0 to 10 rating of Battleship. Two. I will say, I don't like Battleship. The pieces are always like kind of flimsy, and they always, you always lose them. Like the red and the white pieces. Yeah. Uh, but it's a pretty good game for like seven-year-old kids. It's okay. like not a terrible strategy game for little kids, and they like it. Yeah, it takes too long, though. Sometimes they're like nowhere and you're like, we almost want to give them hints because like you realize like, oh, we need like 30 more turns to finish this puppy. What's Not a better? terrible game to play with your kids. A weird game to play with two adults. You like Battleship or Electronic Battleship? <sighs> I, I, don't, I can't remember the last time I saw Electronic Battleship. Yeah. Okay. They also I have the Travel actually, Battleship and those like you lose yeah. them immediately. Like the tiny pieces that you can never fit in the, the top thing. Also, it's yeah. weird. You have to like track your guesses and the other people's get like it's not a work Battleship. This is a lot of work. Okay. Keeve, uh, what about Craig from Vancouver? He says, the line where Jerry says, stay alive no matter what occurs, I will find you. It's a direct reference to the 1992 film, Last of the Mohicans. Guess this goes along with Akiva's idea that the show does not care about making the references timely. You ever see Last of the Mohicans? I did not. No. No, me neither. Kevin Costner joint. Yeah. I like Costner, but uh, never seen it. What does Giovanni want to know? Well, Giovanni wants to talk about Battleship as well. He says that Jerry and Elaine are playing the game Battleship. Elaine calls a hit. So why does Jerry put a white peg on the board and not a red peg? Does Giovanni win the Alex Chester Award for the over-scrutinizing email of the week? That was my mental note. Yeah, this is a Chester email, Giovanni. Yes, uh, put a (laughs) a red peg on the Alexander Chester Award spot. All right, Jared Jerome. Uh, really uh, season nine emailer that we should have had for the first eight seasons because he's got some good stuff. He says uh, he doesn't have a lot of complaints about this episode. He actually said that he liked it, the maid. But maybe they went to the well one too many times with the with the getting falsely busted by the cops for prostitution joke. We had this mm-hmm. when Chickless left the unpaid prostitute for Jerry and the Stranded, mm-hmm. when Kramer gets busted for being a pimp in the Wigmaster, and now for a third time, Jerry again in this episode. It's literally the exact same joke. Then he adds, I predict Amir points this out. Whoa. So let's go to Amir. Okay. The end of Jerry's storyline develops into a well-done prostitute pimp storyline. While I really like the direction it took, we've already seen something similar play out with Kramer and the Wigmaster. So now we have emailers writing in and predicting, predicting other yeah. emails or, uh, email correctly. Yeah. And in order. Like Jared was going to go before Amir even before, even before I noticed that. Mm-hmm. Um, how do they not either cut the storyline for being too similar or at the very least reference that other storyline? I think the answer to your question, Amir, is like, at there's nobody point, there. It's, it's chaos. Yeah. There's no, there's no there there anymore. There's there's no. We're lucky the we got them to remember <laughs> that George had sex with a maid. Oh, totally. We're we're lucky that they remember like that. You know, like that Jerry didn't forget to show up to work one of the episodes, <laughs> and like it's just like a Kramer and Elaine episode. Um, he also says, I don't know if this is obvious, but it took me many years to make a connection between Cindy saying that they have a girl named Coco and that that girl's all right, and Jerry and Putty talking to the dealership about Coco the monkey can do sign language, and Putty's exclaiming that chimp's all right. Yeah, I also. Uh, I wouldn't catch that it was over my ju- head. Right. Yeah, we, but we did just see that. So like I caught it. Uh, maybe somebody meant, wrote in and mentioned it then. And I one mean, more is that a thing about Coco the monkey that the monkey is all right? I think it's just they mentioned the first time. So now they're calling back the Coco the monkey with the same like sort of 
because it's a, it. it's an out of place line that she says that girl's all right uh mm-hmm. when cindy's talking about coco got it uh and he says well the plot from this episode is somewhat forgettable i hope you give it extra credit for providing quotes and phrases that have lived on and can be referenced all the time i get a lot of mileage out of newman died whenever there's a big group of uh, people and the con- conversation gets confusing first and first next to the universe is famous t-bone coco raise famous raise famous original race i agree a lot of funny stuff i did not really give it extra points amir but but it's a fair argument okay all right and then finally here's chester who says isn't part of the problem using the word made don't most people say cleaning service or cleaning lady or housekeeper is made not politically correct keith i think nowadays we say housekeeper or cleaning lady yeah okay I generally don't. I think nobody would say that they are a maid. I think that they'd say I'm a housekeeper. Why? Because a maid is sort of like a it's older just old term. School, I think. Yeah. yeah. Like old maid. What about in a hotel? The person that comes and cleans your room is mm. what? Housekeeping? I think they're housekeeping. But you wouldn't say like I'm uh, a housekeeper. I don't did know. You if they'd tip say that, the maid? The, right. The cleaning person? Is that what you would say? By the way, I will say uh, on a serious note, because I was in Mexico one of the our, our our driver in mexico mentioned to me he he was he's uh america he grew up in america and he uh i he mentioned to me that like they i said like they have an awful lot of workers in the in the hotel uh you know and he said yeah because minimum wage in mexico is 88 uh pesos a day which is i think about five dollars a day mm-hmm. so you know i was going to give the like the maid was getting a big tip when i found that out but i will say like it's exciting if you know and nobody should make five dollars a day but like knowing that someone you know like that someone's salary so long that they rely on tips it's like exciting to actually give somebody a tip that uh like they'll actually really be able to use so do you think that you can convince chester to start tipping with this <laughs> feel-good story about you tipping somebody uh i don't I, chester's not actually anti-tipping as far as i know i wouldn't shock me if he was i was i once had a friend who was anti-tipping and we went i went to his college to visit him and we went out in a big group and we were like splitting the bill and then he was in a no tipping phase that tipping is like a moral and the restaurant should pay. And he just didn't tip. But that just meant everyone else had to like chip in more money. It wasn't like we gave a worse tip to the, you know, we were just splitting it like 11 ways instead of 12. <laughs> so, yeah, I hope I hope that person has uh, has changed. What else does Chester? Have well, I, I suspect that Chester has like some sort of like complicated algorithm for what the yeah. tip. You don't think he's a willer is going to be <laughs> the willer. Right. He rates the waiter. Like, like, well, if you're they the came to the table seven times. <laughs> but uh, that's, you know, uh, they asked us how we were doing six point three times. They asked <laughs> us how the, the uh, food was four point eight times. They said two specials, but I'm pretty sure there was a third. Right. Uh, you know, it, top 100 waiter, but not a top 50 waiter. The food was one standard deviation away on the Chester hotness <laughs> scale. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Elaine is on fire in this episode, according to Chester. He says, uh, there's nothing more sophisticated than diddling the maid and then chewing some gum. Is my fa- It might be my favorite Elaine line ever. I also really like when she cuts Jerry off after the rest is what? The health plan? Yeah, she says that funny. Yeah. Why does the phone company have to come out to give Elaine a new number? Isn't it just clicking a button in their headquarters? Also, besides being unexpectedly dark, the I could have killed you thing makes no sense. The company tracks the guy's jobs. If he would have died, his log would have shown that he finished his jobs through Elaine and then no further. She'd have been caught by dinner. Oh, no. Did Chester just out Chester Giovanni? And take the crown, <laughs> the crown back for this episode. I think it's a fair point. I think he makes a fair point that yeah. the uh, phone company yeah, would have had job. some record. They should be able to track these employees a little bit better. It shouldn't be a big mystery. Like It's like a game of telephone. You could figure out where it got broken up. Yeah. Okay. 
All right. So uh, good stuff, Keeve. Uh, next week, mm. we are going in, right? Next week, Puerto Rican Day. I, I always call it the Puerto Rican Day Parade, but the title doesn't actually have the word parade. Uh, yeah, we uh, the gang leaves the Met game early and runs into some trouble. Okay, well, we are going to have our hands full next week coming up on the podcast. And so be on the lookout for that one. What are we doing for the clip show before the finale? Are we going to touch that? Uh, yeah, if, yeah. So people, uh, I, one or two people have written in, but if you, um, if you have a particular clip in mind that you want us to play, tell, you know, please tell us the episode. And if so, the, and, uh, if possible, oh, we're going to play clips. You from had said that our clip. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I think it's a good idea. Uh, play clips from um, our show. And also I think maybe we'll, uh, we'll have trivia. I think I thought of someone who would, uh, uh, you know, maybe like, uh, like, uh, have, have maybe have like Chester and Amir. Uh, I'm, I'm volunteering them without asking them, like write the questions and then maybe, uh, have someone else like be the question asker and me versus you in Seinfeld trivia. I think that would be fun. Okay. That sounds good. Uh, excited. Right. About so, right that. Next week, so. Puerto Rican day, two weeks, the clip show or the Chronicle, whatever you want to call it. And uh, three weeks, the finale. Okay. And then like right. eight weeks, good the, stuff. Uh, the Frogger live in Manhattan. Okay. Uh, hashtag. Do you want to go with the great Carmen hammer? Yeah, I like Carmen hammer. Okay. Uh, thanks so much to Scott St. Pierre for editing the Seinfeld uh, poster recap and Mike Moore, who uh, writes our recaps for all of these episodes. Keith, what's coming up on the 32 fans podcast? Just uh, picking apart Chester's conversion of the 32 NFL teams to Game of Thrones. You know, characters. He just messaged me and I, I was doing the podcast. I, I just seeing this now that he said that Pod Vader, who is our uh, league member yes. in uh, in the upcoming Rob has a fantasy football league, I think had done this already. Because I guess it got to Pod Vader, who tweeted it back to Chester that he did it. Uh, and then no, I don't think he's no, I don't know. He just said he tweeted at me, then and Chester didn't know. Um, but maybe he's mad. But um, anyway, yeah. But Chester did do a fun like uh, all all thirty two NFL teams as Game of Thrones characters. Um, uh, thirty two fans. Yeah, we we were about twenty eight teams in with the, we just did a Chargers one that was fun. People really like the Packers one we did today with uh, Michael Friday, crazy person. Um the uh you know we're almost done we, we we can't find a los angeles rams fan so if you uh somebody actually asked you on a podcast uh if you heard a lot of buzz in in los angeles about the rams mm-hmm. and you and you're like no i don't like talk to anyone so i, I wouldn't hear buzz anyway but you yeah, should have been like know. uh i, know should have been like, I didn't even buzz. hear buzz about the eclipse like i stay in my house like nothing gets there's someone would have to be really buzzworthy to get past your door at least like locally yeah, the only buzz I hear is Lightyear. Oh, that's that's not bad. One, two, or three. <laughs> well, it it uh no, the literal oh, like the doll? uh figure okay. doll. Okay. I was thinking right, the movie that with uh, with uh, pushing yeah. the literally the saying it to infinity and, uh, and beyond. <laughs> literally like uh Buzz Lightyear to Star yeah, Command. Right. Buzz Lightyear that's to right. Star Command. Yeah, I've heard that too. Uh, yeah, Buzz isn't working, Dad. Yeah, uh, a lot of that, a lot of that going on. And uh, just uh, bo- both my sons are uh, only talking about Buzz Lightyear. So uh, are they bu- uh, do they like Buzz better than Woody? No, they both. Uh, the problem is they both like Buzz. It's, 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 I'm a, I was always a Woody guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm Tim Allen, like narked on 20 of his friends to get avoid going to jail. How could you root for him? <laughs> OK, I didn't know about <laughs> that story. All right. Google it. It's crazy. Keeve, uh, fun yes. stuff today. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to uh, next week. Uh, anything else? Follow Keeve on Twitter at Keeve 26. Yeah, um, and uh, so sad. There's only about three more of these. Uh, you know, it's uh, it, we're really done. Yeah. Okay. All right. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. 
Keith. So Elaine is walking through her building. She sees that something has happened to Mrs. Krantz. And Elaine is now uh, very eager to know, did Mrs. Krantz have a 212 phone number? I mean, I do. We've. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Is that laughing or um... crying? No, that's laughing. Ran in here. Someone's jet lagged. Say goodnight to Rob. Good night. <laughs> How's that Peppa Pig? He wants to know how Peppa Pig is. <laughs> What's Daddy Pig doing? Being humiliated by oh, wait, his... my, my son did say a few weeks ago that he won't watch Peppa Pig anymore because they're mean to the dad. It doesn't stop anyone in this yeah. house from being mean to the real dad, but they won't watch Peppa Pig where they're, they're mean to the fake dad. Yeah. But right, daddy, so. you're obese and you're an embarrassment yeah, to no, our family. No, for sure. Like the episode today was like he was a basketball. <laughs> oh, no. He came. He's the basketball coach. Yeah. Why they're playing basketball in England is beyond me. But he's the <laughs> basketball coach, and and they're like, you're the basketball coach. Like you haven't done exercise since like the 1400s. They're really ragging <laughs> on him. So it's like Bart Even Simpson the, style, you know. That yeah. no respect for the dad. Even the presenter was mean to me. <laughs> the presenter. <laughs> Daddy, you can't be a presenter on TV. You're- Do me a favor. You could leave this in, by the way, Rob. Yeah, <laughs> you could. It's fine. Fine. We're uh, we're 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 uh, riffing. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs>